Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. All right. (laughs) Thanks, Drake. What's up, guys? Um, So yeah, my name's Maddie, for those of you that maybe don't know me. Um, I've been at City Church now for almost three years, which is crazy. It's um, it's definitely wild to kind of look back at just all that God has done in my time here. I've made just some incredible friends here. I've seen some of my friends give their lives to Jesus here. I met a cute boy, and I married him here. And um, yeah, my relationship with Jesus has just grown tremendously. Um, in my time here, and so I'm extremely honored and grateful for this opportunity um, to be sharing with you guys this morning, and so I am super passionate about this message and and really expectant for all that God wants to do today. So um, just a little bit about me. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 15 years old. I grew up pretty much without any real understanding of of, uh, who Jesus was and um, what he did for me, and so I definitely used to believe that religion was just something you were kind of born into. I actually remember asking my mom once, like, hey, what religion are we? And she was like, we're Christian. And I was like, cool, that's awesome, I'm a Christian. Um, But obviously really had no idea what that meant. And so it really wasn't until my sophomore year of high school I made some friends that were on my softball team at the time, and they were actually Christians, and um, were able to kind of give me a a basic kind of understanding of who God was and what this whole Christianity thing was all about. Um, Looking back at that point, though, my understanding um, of God, what I kind of interpreted to be real at that point, um, was that God was this kind of all-powerful creator being that lived somewhere out in the cosmos that would help me with whatever I needed help with as long as I believed in him and did what he said. Um, And so um, I really thought that I had it figured out, but um, I really had no idea of the relationship and the life and the hope that I was being invited into. Um, And so because of that, because of that kind of view that I held in those earlier years of calling myself a Christian, Um, I was really judgmental um, of others, of my Christian friends especially, um, of myself, and um, you know, if if they were doing anything that I thought was wrong, I called them out on it, I told them about it, and some of the most ridiculous things too, and so, yeah, really looking back on those times though, I really think that I was expressing what I thought that God thought about me. I thought that I had to be perfect, that if I messed up, I thought that God was disappointed in me, but I was believing this lie. I thought that Christianity was a list of rules, of do's and don'ts, so again, God would help me with whatever I needed help with, and I would go to heaven um, when I die, and so that was really the depth of my knowledge that I had on being a follower of Jesus at that time. And so it wasn't until my freshman year of college, I flew home for a women's retreat back at my old church in California, um, and God really met me where I was that weekend. Um, At that point in my life, guilt had really been consuming me. I had turned my back on my faith um, because I thought, again, that Jesus really only wanted me if I didn't come with any baggage. And so stepping into my freshman year of college, gaining that much freedom that fast, um, especially going to one of the top party schools in the U.S., I fell hard and I fell fast. And so I really walked into that weekend with just a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. Um, I really felt unworthy to be there, both in the presence of God and in the presence of these women, who of course in my mind were completely perfect and didn't do anything wrong. Um, but I heard the message for the first time that weekend that Jesus loved me, that I was called into a relationship with him exactly as I was, before I was called to do anything or be anything for him. 
And so that's where I also heard the song Reckless Love for the first time. If you know me, that's, that's one of my favorite songs. Because um, I was the poster child for The Lost Sheep that weekend. It just really hit me hard. Um, but anyway, I really finally understood that, that this guilt that had been haunting me was not from God. And that for so long I was trying to do all of these things and be this way on my own power. Um, I thought it was my job to pull myself together to stop messing up and then I could go to God. But because of Jesus, because of who he is and the sacrifice that he made for me and for you, he says, you had it the other way around. First come to me and then let's go fight those things together. Because life is hard, temptation is real, um, but God is good and he wants to walk through those struggles with you. So um, if you guys have never heard this message before, I want you to hear this and walk away with this today that guilt is not from God. And in fact, freedom from guilt is found in God, in Jesus. And so um, if you have heard this message before too, just listen in again, because I know I need this reminder every single day. So um, we're going to go ahead and dive into our passage for today. We're going to be in um, 1 John chapter 3, verses 19 through 24. So I'm just going to kind of read through this whole thing, um, and then we'll dive into it verse by verse together. So starting here in verse 19, our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence, um, and we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Um, those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them, and we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. So, John, the author of this passage, is talking to a group of people, a group of churches, who have kind of started to turn um, their back on their faith a bit. At this point, um, Jesus has been gone for a while, and uh, these churches, these groups of people, are kind of starting to turn back to some of their older habits, their pre-Jesus habits. And so John is trying to do some damage control here. Um, this whole book of 1 John is written out like a sermon, essentially, um, to remind these people who Jesus is, and the life, um, and the hope that we're um, invited into out of a relationship with him. And so now, I don't know your story, I don't know what your walk um, with faith, your journey has kind of looked like, but this really reminds me a lot of when I first gave my life to Jesus. I don't know if anyone else kind of had that crazy spiritual high when you first give your life to Jesus, where everything's perfect, you know, God's presence is with you, every worship song makes you cry, you're just on top of the world, but then you make a mistake, and you're like, hang on. <laughs> but I don't do that anymore. And then you make another one, and another one. And if when you first learned about God, like I did, as a list of rules and not a relationship first, you probably started to feel a little guilty. And so that's where our verses come in today. Back here again in verse 19, our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. Okay, my big feelers in the room, this verse, verse 20, has got to be the best news you've ever heard in your entire life, right? God is greater than your feelings. Come on. <laughs> That's incredible. And so when I first read this verse for the first time, I was struggling with that feeling, that kind of overwhelming feeling of I just can't do anything right. And then I read this, God is greater than my feelings. What does that mean? God is bigger than my guilt, bigger than my feelings of inadequacy. And so let's dive into this because I really think it's so important. So in these verses leading up to verse 19, John is talking about loving one another well through our actions. And so he says here, our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. So where does our lack of confidence from, come from? How did we get here? Fear of punishment, maybe. In 1 John chapter 4, the next chapter after this one, John says in verse 18, um, if we, oh, yep. 
If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So why do we have this fear of punishment? Because we don't know God, right? We don't understand him. And so uh, maybe you're like me too and you don't lean so much into the sphere of punishment so much as the, uh, the fear of disappointing God, of letting God down, um, of wanting to gain God's approval. And so at 15 years old, I didn't know the relationship I was being invited into. I didn't understand that my God was a God of love, of forgiveness and grace. And so as soon as I messed up, I collapsed. I thought to myself, you know, I'm not cut out for this Christian thing. I keep messing up, so until I can get my junk together, I can't go to God. I can't turn to him with all this baggage on my shoulders. And so, again, if you're like me, um, you kind of, as soon as you mess up, you, you kind of collapse, you run away, um, you retreat, and that's just a vicious cycle because, of course, you keep messing up. Uh, you run away from God, the one thing that can help you, so, um, yeah, you keep messing up because temptation is just too dang hard to face alone, but maybe um, you're the opposite, too, and when you mess up, maybe you try to do more, maybe you try to make up um, for what you did wrong, which, again, is just as harmful because you're going to keep falling short, trying to do it all yourself, and uh, you're not surrendering to God, who, again, is the only one that can help you. Anyway, um, in prepping for this message, I learned that there's two sort of major forms of guilt that most people tend to struggle with. And so again, if you're like me, um, I struggle with this idea of a tender conscience, um, where every little thing that I do just tears me up inside, this kind of constant um, battle, one thing after the other, that overwhelming feeling of I just can't do anything right. But maybe um, the other form there is called terrible conduct that you might struggle with, or maybe there's one big thing or a couple big things, one big secret, one big sin you think that nobody could ever forgive you for that you just can't um, let go of. And so either way, guys, when we sit with our guilt, we're essentially calling God a liar. God says you are loved, you are forgiven, and when we say, no, I'm guilty, we're saying, God, you don't know who I am, you don't know what I've done, I'm not worthy of love, I'm not worthy of forgiveness. We're saying, I'm not forgiven until I deem that I am. And so for now, I'll just sit with my guilt for a while, I'll beat myself up, I'll, I'll take the, the punishment of my sin and my weakness. And meanwhile, Jesus is probably like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do you know what I did for you? Because I literally did what I did so that you don't have to do that. And so guys, sitting in guilt is an insult to Jesus. And I know that that's big language, but it's true. And so hear me on this, you don't have to beat yourself up because Jesus already took the beating for you. Guys, when we start to learn who our God is, we can gain this confidence that John is talking about here to stand boldly before him, before God, where we find freedom from our guilt. And so guys, if God says, I am loved, I am loved. If God says, I am forgiven, I am forgiven. I choose to trust God every single day that I am who he says that I am because I can't live with who I say that I am. I can't live with those lies. Um, and so John goes on to say here in verse 21, dear friends, um, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. And so I want to read the uh, message version of this verse really quick because I think it's really powerful. Um, that translation says, um, once that's taken care of and we're no longer, can you, uh, oh yeah, it's right there. <laughs> uh, once that's taken care of and we're no longer accusing or condemning ourselves, we are bold and free before God. So who's accusing and condemning us? Ourselves, right? Not God but we still get stuck here because somewhere along the way we started to believe this lie that God is disappointed in us, angry with us. But it says right here, once we get over this hump of self-criticism, we can come boldly to God. And so Hebrews 4.16 says, so let us come boldly, there's that word again, um, to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. We will find grace to help us when we need it most. So there's that word, bold. <laughs> so where's the struggle here? 
right? Why are we trying to hide? We, God already knows everything. We learned that in the last verse, right? It literally says, and he knows everything. And so, guys, I just don't want you to miss this invitation here, this invitation to come boldly to God, even in our weakest hour. Guys, when you mess up, what's the first thing that you do? Why did I do that, right? What's wrong with me? Why am I like this? We start accusing ourselves, condemning ourselves. And so what if, hear me out, (laughs) the next time you slip up, the next time you do that thing, whatever it is that makes you feel this guilt, what if the first thing that you do is go to Jesus in the middle of that guilt? Jesus, forgive me. I messed up. I need you. Thank you that you say that I am loved, that I am forgiven. I give this to you. And guys, when we come boldly like that to God, what do we get? We receive his mercy, we find grace. We are giving Jesus the space to heal us, to help us grow, because we're not trying to hold on so tight, we're not trying to hide and trying to do it all alone. And so I fell into this trap for years, believing that I couldn't come to God um, without making myself right first, that he wanted nothing to do with the broken parts of me. Um, But when we do that, what are we walking into when we do come to God? This verse doesn't say, okay, go clean yourself up, stop messing up, get your act together, then go to God, you know, you get a pat on the back, gold star on your homework, you did it all by yourself, good job, bud. No, goodness no. God knows everything, guys, and if we can get over our guilt, give it to Jesus, come boldly to God without the fear of punishment or rejection, we will receive his grace, we will receive his mercy, not because of anything that we did to deserve it, but because our God is just that good. And so guys, verse 22, he goes on to say, and we'll receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. Now, before you run away, (laughs) I know you might be thinking, okay, Maddie, you just told me I don't have to do anything, but there it is right there. I got to (laughs) obey. Okay, yes, but watch what's next. Ba-bam, and this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Guys, that's it. (laughs) Believe in Jesus, love the people around you, and he takes care of the rest. And so if you're not a follower of Jesus, I understand that you might get stuck on this first point, but I think we can all agree that loving one another well is a generally good thing to do. (laughs) And so, guys, no matter where you're walking in on your spiritual journey today, um, God wants to meet you where you are. And so if you're skeptical about this whole Jesus thing, I just want you to know that this is what you're being invited into. Okay, not a list of rules, but a relationship with Jesus. And so Galatians 2.16 says it like this. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. Paul really hammers in that point in that verse. He says the same thing like three different ways. But I think it's just because it's that important. Guys, even 2,000 years ago, people struggled with this idea that you could be made right with God simply by believing in Jesus. And so someone explained it to me like this once because I absolutely um, used to think that there was a checklist, things I needed to do, stop doing, whatever it was, um, in order for God to love me, for me to be welcomed into his family. And so, and I know that this is a cheesy example, but it worked for me, so just roll with me here. (laughs) She held out a pen, and she said, here, take this. You don't have to do anything, you don't have to say anything special, just take it. It's free, it's yours. And then she said, that is what God is trying to do for you. You have the most incredible thing on the planet available to you at no cost because it was already paid for you. Jesus is literally reaching out with an invitation into a relationship with him, saying, take it, just take it, that's it. And so John goes on to say in verse 24 here, those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. 
So this is where it gets good. <laughs> at this point, um, in kind of prepping for this message, I kind of got stuck here, I had to you know, retrace my steps. I was like, okay, where are we? So I need to believe in Jesus, I need to love the people around me. When I don't, I can give it to God so I don't have to feel guilty about it. But how do I change? How do I stop doing you know, that thing that made me feel guilty? How do I love others better? How do I obey? And so the answer is right here, guys, the Holy Spirit, fellowship, with Jesus, and this word fellowship here simply means companionship or a company of friends. I love this definition, it says a community of interest, activity, feeling, or experience. Guys, the same spirit that lived in and worked through Jesus, he made available to us when he died for us. He took the beating so we don't have to. <laughs> and so this is our motivation, guys, not the fear of punishment, not the fear of disappointment, of letting God down, but who God is, this spirit that dwells within us, this spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline, giving us an invitation to, to know God, to understand God. That is what drives us to love one another well through our words and through our actions. And so guys, religion condemns, but the Holy Spirit empowers. It's really, uh, yeah, it's no wonder that when we focus on the do's and don'ts, um, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get guilt in return because we're broken people. If we try to do it all on our own, we're gonna mess up. Um, and uh, because we're not perfect, we never will be, and that's why we need Jesus. And so, guys, even if it isn't religion that's giving you your list, um, we all have our own rights and wrongs, do's and don'ts, and we all fall short of these expectations that we have for ourselves. But when Jesus died for you on that cross, he extended an invitation into a relationship with him that included the presence of the Holy Spirit to live in you and work through you and free you from your guilt and change you at the deepest levels of your soul. And so, what does that mean? Change us. Well, Jesus never condemns us, um, but he does convict us. And hear me out on this, huge difference here. Okay, he absolutely wants what is best for you. And if you're like me, I fall short a lot. And when those shortcomings become habits, Jesus wants to meet you in the middle of that weakness and walk through that healing with you. And so if you remember from the video that Drake shared last week, God loves you too much to leave you where you're at. He wants and knows the absolute best life for you, life to the full. So conviction is good, guys. Conviction is healthy. Um, and if you're not a follower of Jesus in the room, okay, I do not want you to hear, all right, that as soon as you become a Christian, you have to stop having fun, okay? Please, some of the biggest party animals I know are Christians. Where's Albert and Jody? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> for real, though, um, what I can promise you is that the life that Jesus has for you is bigger than anything, bigger and better than anything you can hope for or imagine for yourself. Um, and I know because he's been blessing me um, since I was 15 years old with a life that I never could have imagined for myself or gotten to on my own. And so I just wanted to bring this up because I would be lying to you if I stood up here and told you that you were perfect and that nothing had to change because we all have our junk, right? I'm selfish, I'm prideful, I don't always love others well. I struggle with bitterness and frustration. I do sit with my guilt sometimes and my negative emotions and thoughts and feelings. That list could go on, and I think you would all agree with me that, that those are not the greatest qualities, both for myself and for loving the people around me. And so I know when I face the truth that I can't change those things on my own. And so the good news here, guys, is that I have a God who wants to walk through those struggles with me, who is patient with me when I mess up time and time again, and will always be there helping me to grow. And so just to kind of go back um, and to wrap up our time together, I want to look at just the problem that John is addressing here. So we feel guilty when we do something wrong. We think God is disappointed in us or we fear punishment um, when we do something wrong. So we don't turn to God with this boldness in those moments. We're trying to do more and be perfect when all that he calls us to is to believe in him and love the people around us. 
And so our issue is that somewhere along the way, we started believing that it was our job to do everything right, and then God. When Jesus tells us, you got it the other way around, first come to me, and then let's go fight those things together. And so guys, I'll say it again, if you're a follower of Jesus, he will never condemn you. Okay, nothing you do disappoints him, surprises him. There's nothing that you can do to make him love you any less. My jam right now has been the song Gyra by Maverick City, if you know it. Um, I want to read the first couple of lines from that song because it's so good. I'm not going to sing for you, but um, it goes like this. I wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Guys, it is not your job to prove yourself, to gain your worth. Okay, you are already loved. You are already chosen exactly the way that you are. And so if this is something that you struggle with, guys, I really want to encourage you to take this challenge seriously. You can walk out of here today with this truth, with this knowledge. That's awesome. Until you mess up again, and you will. And those thoughts, those feelings come back. Why am I like this? Why did I do that? What's wrong with me? And so, guys, um, the next time you slip up, I want to encourage you to turn to Jesus first. I know that it's scary. It's going to be uncomfortable. But because of what Jesus did for you, you were invited to come boldly to God, and I promise you, you will find grace, you will find mercy, God will meet you where you are in that moment, and you will find freedom from your guilt. So guys, what is it that you're struggling with right now? What are you carrying? What are you holding on to? You are invited by Jesus right now to give it all to God, all that weight, all that guilt, all that insecurity. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you are not what you've done. Okay, you are who God says that you are. That's it. And so, guys, we're going to put two minutes up on the screen here. I just want to really invite you to use this time to reflect on this, to pray. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I just want to remind you that you are invited into a relationship with Jesus, into his family, exactly the way that you are. You don't have to be perfect to come to him. You don't have to change. There's nothing for you to start doing, stop doing, whatever it is. God wants to meet you where you are. All you have to do right now is take the pen. Um, Let me pray for us. God, I just, I want to say thank you so much for this opportunity today. I want to say thank you for what you're doing in this room right now, in our hearts and and for all those listening. Um, God, I'm just so grateful um, for this invitation to come boldly to you in my weaknesses, that you you want to meet me where I am in that, and you want to walk through that healing with me. I thank you for that. I pray for for this room to take this truth, um, to take this challenge out with them into their week to remember in those moments of of that guilt, of that, why am I like this, why did I do that, those moments, to give that to you, to invite you into that space so that you can can walk through that healing with us and that growth with us. So thank you for who you are, Jesus. Thank you for what you did in this relationship, in this life that we're invited into. Amen.